want to know you. Talk to me. Welcome to the Best Friends Fancast, an Allison Rosen fan podcast. This is a special edition. It's thank you for being a fan. I am one of your hosts, Lisa Lowry. And I am one of your hosts, ultra fan, Rafael Marquez Castaneda. And that's me catching that crack, ultra fan. You pulled that one right out, didn't you? I took, I shook the rust off of it <laughs> and the dirt off of it, the dust all the cobwebs you're sticking it is what you're doing <laughs> well it's a special occasion it's a very special occasion because we have the one the only it's super fan megan welcome megan hello my living basils on my <laughs> patio right next to the dead cilantro the cilantro is dead 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 the basil is somehow alive how are you we are doing good. I feel like this is a long time coming. During the JMO Patrol days, we did Bring Your Own Friend. Is that what it was called? And we interviewed fans of Allison and you being a part of JMO Patrol. We never BYOF'd each other. And I said, well, how many years is this now? We need to have you on to interview you about your life and your Allison Rosen story because you're fucking super fan Megan. Sorry, I just got my PFs. <laughs> have I never... Have I never been BYOF'd? I feel like no. I had been. I've never been BYOF'd. We're sure of this. Uh, if you have, let's just pretend you didn't. <laughs> I definitely. I know that I reached out to someone who I interviewed individually, and because I talk slow, Brienne, the greatest leader of all podcast leaders, sped my interview pace up a one and a half percent or two or or two times and i'm like you're not you're not airing that like it's obviously sped up like i talk slow i don't know what to tell you anyways so i interviewed go at go air iynbf that's right who was like a junior in high school or something and i was just fascinated by him because of something that he had posted a long time ago but anyways okay if i've never been you've never been we need to know more about you and Oh, no one knows anything. I'm a woman of mystery. So should we leave it like that? Should we end the show? (laughs) It's up to you. I'm here, baby. (laughs) Well, I want to hear your life. Like, I want you to share whatever the fuck you want to share. I want to hear where you were born. What what's your backstory or start from this morning? I don't give a fuck. Just start from wherever you want. (laughs) That is hard. Uh... Can you just edit in right here and it would just start the mental illness happy hour music? (laughs) Shut up, dude. <laughs> oh my god. I know that's... Well, that actually, okay, so, okay. So that makes me want to start from arriving in LA because that's like one of the very first things I did was reach out to Paul Garmartin. Really? Because after. Oh, yeah. Because he had all these people on his podcast that were like, I'm so depressed. I'm so anxious. I'm like, I experienced psychosis and I was in the mental hospital for a week. Thinking that the government was after me, thinking blah blah blah. So if you want mental illness, I'll give it to you, buddy. And I was his first non-famous. No fucking guest. way! I did not know that. Okay, first of all, let's backtrack because not everybody may know where you actually came from, where you landed, outer space. Where did you come from? From 
Wasaki, Wisconsin when I was 17 years young to Milwaukee when I was 17 years young to Oshkosh when I was 18 years young to UW-Green Bay when I was 18 years young. And then I found out I was gay and then that just... I lived in Madison and then a lot of stuff happened that I don't remember because of depression and trauma. And then I went back to Wasaki where I grew up and then I lived with my grandparents in Menominee, Michigan and cleaned boats for the Navy. And then I went back to Milwaukee and then I went back to Green Bay. And then I made Extreme Loyal Victorious the Packer fans experience. Shout out to Rafi, who bought the DVD. And then I moved out here. So why did, why did you move out here? What was the what was your draw to come out here? I came out here to be the most famous documentarian you've ever met in your life. That's pretty rad. I think that it's going to happen for you. Um, it already has because I haven't met any other documentarians. Well, that's true. I was an assistant editor on a film that could be seen in theaters that Rafi went and see. So, yes, um, I forget what it was called, there, but we... I I cried alone in the theater. It was a sad movie. Yeah, if you want to watch Gleason on Amazon, if it's still there, it's sad for sure. Why don't you name but... all of the documentaries that you've worked on that people probably have seen? Mm, well, I worked on most of them in smaller capacities, but my first job was an internship. So when I was when I moved here initially, I didn't have a job lined up, and the first job that I got long term was working in Disney World, and I was living with someone in Tustin, Orange County. So I was working at Disney Disney World, Disneyland, sorry. And then weirdly, Jake, who you've met, he had a friend in Portland who was working, helping out with this movie that was being shot in Portland. And they wanted her to come to LA to finish it. And she couldn't. So Jake was like, my friend just moved from Wisconsin to work in documentary, get in touch with her. So I interned for this movie on HBO called American Winter. I didn't feel like it was that kind of a movie, but they had a prior relationship with HBO because they created Taxi Cab Confessions. So they had been in the HBO world for like 15 years, and they were probably like, yeah, whatever, this documentary isn't like the worst, I guess we'll put it on. So that was my first job, unpaid job in documentary, where I helped seek out financing and make like a database of fundraising and ran their social media and watched some footage to pick selects from it and then my second job in documentary was on this movie called print the legend and i was an assistant editor on that and that was the first netflix original documentary and so it was probably in like 2013 or 14 and when i say pick selects and assistant editing basically like when they go shoot the footage there's just a bunch of footage that like it would kind of be a waste of someone's time if they're getting paid a lot of money to watch through every single thing. Like, more importantly, you just want to get them the stuff that is relevant, not, like, 20 minutes of someone blabbering on that has nothing to do with the theme of the movie or whatever. So an assistant editor looks at everything that comes in, and in the timeline of the software that you're working with, you pull the selects 
and isolate those and make sure that the editor can go through just those alone because that's the stuff that actually matters to look at. So I did that for Print the Legend and I did that for Gleason. Uh, and I think the next feature I worked on was Smartest Kids in the World, which never did anything. It, it like got into a festival at um, Doc, New, New York City, but it didn't like get distributed or anything. But I was on a team with like really established directors and editors, and so I got a super good education there. But then after that, I ended up getting a bunch of gigs on TV and didn't really get back into features. So I've been in TV for like the past three or four years, I guess. So what did your parents think when you said, I'm leaving Wisconsin to go to the Golden State of California? Text Julie. I honestly don't know. I mean, I did a lot Text of moving. Like I, like, I, like I said, <laughs> like I moved around a ton just like trying to find myself and where I belonged and shit before I went out there. And I think to them at that point, it was just like another thing that Megan does and like whatever, maybe most likely she'll just probably be back in a few weeks but mm. uh never never came back never wanted to come back i i was more happy in california in the worst of circumstances than i ever was like in the best of circumstances in wisconsin so i was not not leaving so how soon when you got here that that you reached out to phil phil Phil! Phil! Phil McCracken? Phil McCrevice. Phil Rosenthal? God damn it. Well, I'm editing this one, obviously. (laughs) How soon... uh, How soon is that you came out from Wisconsin that you hooked up with Paul Kilmartin? (laughs) I moved here... In Sorry. early January, and I recorded my interview with him at his house in March. Whoa. So listening to his show, you were just a fan of his show, and you reached out to him, and you're the reason why he has non-whatever, pe- like, regular people on? It would have happened eventually, but I was the first one. So what did he say when you're like, hey, I'm hearing some shit on here, but I got some more shit that you might be interested in? He said, meet me at Pete's Coffee yet." whatever time and so I met him and just told him my story and then he was like yeah I want you on the podcast meet me at this time at my house wow which like holy shit a fan just like great come to my house I know Allison's done it too but but I mean, Rafi had to pay for that threatening <laughs> or something but in general I'm just like you crazy like you're just letting me on in your house after meeting me once That's pretty crazy Dang. so Speaking of uh, mental illness happy hour, you both have been on, but Alison Rosen has been on, and she does not suffer from uh, extreme mental illness like uh, some other folks on the show. Or the two but, that you're looking at right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, Megan, was Allison's episode before you were on? Yes. Okay, mm. so... That's how I found out about the show, because I was a huge fan of Allison. I think she mentioned being on it, and then I listened to it. And that's how I found out about Paul's show. Okay, that's what I was kind of trying to lead towards. Do you remember anything from hearing Allison's show or 
what about it made you want to get in contact with Paul? Well, I remember that she was mostly talking about her parents. And she explained the whole, I didn't know I was Jewish thing. And, you know, we've heard a lot briefly about it since that, like, there was anger issues in the household and that she didn't really think that, like, there was anything wrong with her childhood. But then, like, there was a point where she reflected back and it was like, oh, my God, this, that, and the other thing was not okay. But also it didn't feel traumatic enough to the point where she had a right to, like, feel like she had it bad or something. And I think one of the things that I, I wrote to her after I heard her mental illness happy hour, and one of the things I did relate to um, that I think I specifically said to her was that, like, my parents had good intentions, but they ended up doing more bad with their good intentions than they would have if they just would have been, like, honest or something. It's a real bare favor. <laughs> Did I forget to bring up bare favor when we were when we were talking? No, it came up, right? I think it came. Oh, up. it did. Okay, bare favor. Um, so speaking of Allison, how did you become a fan of Allison? What was your path? I was traveling for the documentary I was making about Packer fans at the time, and I was actually, if you like, look on my. Facebook. I think you could probably find videos of me vlogging while I was driving down to Dallas being like, oh my god, how many times can I listen to this music? Like, I only had so many CDs. I'm like, I've been driving for 14 hours. This is miserable. And I was just like numb and miserable on the road. And then I stayed in a hotel on my way back up and it I had the Jimmy Kimmel show on and Adam was on and he plugged his podcast. And I had actually in uh, when I had attended, I took a few classes at community college and I had attended a class that was basically a podcasting class. I made a podcast and what I did for mine was I interviewed this woman who was the director of the documentary Run Granny Run. So I just reached out to her. I have a history of just reaching out to motherfuckers out of the blue and being like, I want to know you. Talk to me. With who, I don't know why I'm that fucking bold, but I reached out to her and then she recorded this thing with me. And that was like the first podcast that I made was that interview. But so from that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what a podcast is. I just never like looked for them on iTunes or whatever. I just knew it was a class of something I never actually heard of, but then I made it and I totally forgot about it. So I was like, oh my God, I am miserable. I would love to have something to fill my mind with. I, I remember liking, I watched The Man Show when I was in like junior high school and I listened to Loveline in college. So I, before I left for the road that morning, I went to Panera Bread and downloaded the back episodes of like, it was enough back episodes where it kept me entertained the whole drive back to Wisconsin. So it was a lot. And I heard Allison's first interview on, on that. This is kind of a side point, And I don't know if it comes across to other people as crazy as it did to me at the time. But I had just one of those like, oh my god, the universe is looking at me right now kind of moments where I was driving 
I came up through, I must have been coming either through Iowa or southern Minnesota. And I entered into Wisconsin, so I was at the way west side of the state. And Adam Carolla apparently, I don't know if you remember this from his biography, but he spent a brief moment of time in Wisconsin with his dad growing up. Hmm. And he lived in a super small town. And while I was driving, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was in Wisconsin with my dad, blah, 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 during this time. And he said the name of the city. And as he said the name of the city, I was passing an exit that had that name of the city on it. Whoa. So just like the coincidental nature of it made me like, what are the chances that anyone would talk about this city at all? But that the one chance that I listened to this podcast, that it would say it at the exact time of all the traveling that I did, like that I'm looking at the sign, the very, like, I swear to God, my eyes were on the sign as he said the word. And I'm like, that is insane. Anywho, so I got back home finally. I was living at my parents' house at the time. And I sat in the driveway and finished listening to the podcast. Like I had driven over 10 hours straight, I'm sure. And I was just like, no, I'm good. I'd I'd prefer to finish this episode rather than go inside. So I was a very big fan. And then, yeah, obviously. It's weird to me that it seems like a lot of Allison people caught the Adam Carolla show at the time that Allison was entering into it. I hear that much more than I do. Like, oh, I was listening to Adam Crow's podcast with Teresa for X amount of time, and then this transition happened. There are just so many people that I heard in these kinds of interviews that you guys do, where it's like, Adam, Allison came in, and then I came in, which is super weird. It's fucking meant to be, is what it is. Uh, I know. (laughs) So you were a huge fan of Corolla, and was that, so that was around the time that she became part of the show? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Are you in a windstorm? What's super happening? Dark. <laughs> I just I realized how dark I was on my patio here. Patio. Patio. <laughs> it doesn't look too well. Now you're looking darker. Wait one second. I'm gonna get my lamp out here. <laughs> edit. Edit point. Yeah. How you doing over there, Jerry? What's the deal with light? <laughs> you want me to send you the pop cheese quiz? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want me? You want to send it? Yeah. Am I going to be the practitioner? Yeah. Or whatever the word is. Oh my god, the picture is so stupid. I don't think she has much cheese knowledge. I think she just likes eating it. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> it feels super weird for it to be all about me with you two. <laughs> oh, it is. Isn't that weird? <laughs> no, I feel like it should have been so long ago. Like, why? Why not? Sorry, I just had like five burps in a row. It's super disgusting. (laughs) They're quiet at least. Maybe it's disgusting to me because I'm like, oof, Mexican food. Oof. So this is about the time that Allison is on Corolla's show. And then what about her became something that you, like, I want to figure out what's the path to super fandom? Like, like, did you start listening to her show? You were just in love with her. You liked the show as a package deal. Like, what was your draw to her i think i listened to her and liked her probably and had an allure to her for the same reason like everybody does when they talked about allison but i also listened to for crying out loud and she was on for crying out loud 
um, apparently after a long time of like want talking with Adam and the crew to have a podcast of her own because she had done new stream and all that. And Adam was like, okay, well, we have to try this and that. Just make sure, like, that'll work. And she felt either chose or, like, was forced to chose a theme at the time. So she went on the podcast on For Crying Out Loud, which was with Stephanie Wilder-Taylor and Adam Carolla's wife, Lynette, and said, like, she was going to start a podcast called Alison Rosen is New Best Friend, and it's going to be about dating. And because I was fresh off of a breakup, very fresh off of a breakup. One of the, like, many breakups that just ruined me, basically, for a long time. I, The second I heard that, I reached out to her and asked for advice. And then her first episode of Alice and Rose and His New Best Friend, I believe, was took my email and read it on air. Okay, we need to find. I need to go back and listen to the very beginning of Allison's show. Is that available somewhere that you know of? Because I, I, I honestly don't think I. I have it. I don't think it's available in her. You could probably find it on her like blog feed mm. of when she posted all of her episodes on her blog. Well, like she still does, I guess. But I think when I searched out to actually download it from like iTunes or something, I had to find it in for crying out louds feet or something weird i don't know yeah yeah. do you want me to read you the email i can probably find it i would have to go on my i didn't even realize that corolla's wife had a podcast i didn't realize that podcast was out for that long i thought it was after allison's show i had no idea it was it was a good show stephanie vent did you listen to it all rafi to stephanie a long time ago i did listen to the one episode that Allison was on with uh, Corolla's wife, but I don't remember much about it, other than mm. I don't care for his wife. I tried listening in both of their voices I couldn't handle, so I'm like, eh. I don't know if it's the accents, whatever. I don't know. Also, when someone yeah. has a nanny raising their kids, I'm like, eh, maybe the nanny needs to have a, po- a parenting podcast. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, I feel bad for Allison because like she complains about not having her nanny come and like she calls her a nanny and that's big difference from having a babysitter to a nanny there's a difference to me and people getting down on her where people take their kids to daycare it's the same fucking thing so I don't know what people are like getting down on Allison for for complaining because it's a huge adjustment (laughs) yeah I think it's just the word nanny it is is it's it's like a rich privileged word yeah daycare sounds like sloppy and just (laughs) Kinda, yeah. Dumping like, your kids I don't know where off. else to put my kid. I guess I'm gonna go in daycare. <laughs> I don't know if it'd be appropriate to read this. This is from like, I'm looking at an email from July 21st, 2012. It's the very first email I ever wrote her. Sounds pretty appropriate. Telling her I stumbled across her blog and it gave me much joy. And then I reached out to her about Mental Pod Happy Hour. And so this is like the email where she was like can I read this on the show and that would have been I guess the first podcast so it says I wrote I've been listening to Adam's podcast every day for over a year and occasionally tune over to Lynette's podcast as well recently when I listened to your episode of For Crying Out Loud I made sure to check out Mental Pod and of course took a listen up to the episode of which you appeared first off I will be a regular listener to the Mental Pod I don't lie regular listener baby 
not much anymore, but for a long time. From now on, and don't think I would have ever found out about it if it weren't for you, so thank you. And then I said something that she actually didn't end up reading on air, and I appreciate it wasn't run on read on air, and I'm going to keep it that way, because it's kind of embarrassing. Does Just about an issue. I love groceries, <laughs> and then a detailed explanation of what that means. <laughs> you know me too well. There's some things I've been through in the past that I still haven't told even my closest friends, but for some reason felt appropriate to tell her, so that's what that is. Wait, do I know this? Uh, I said, you don't. Oh my god. Moving on. So, when you talked about your dating life and how you had four years without really dating and want it, or wanting to date, but now you're going about things healthier and having something good, it gives me hope and made me think that instead of having this overdramatic attitude that I adapted lately, which is fuck love forever, it's poison to my fucking well-being, maybe I should take some time to train myself to achieve a mentality that can be smarter about what relationships I could I choose to pursue. Thank you for opening up and provide and proving further that you are a great female role model, which she is. I was I was 25 at the time I wrote this. I can say she started out just being coming from a mom who is Julie. But anyone can believe this, like to have someone who was like smart and had some, some form of boundaries. Uh, I was seeking out female role models. Okay, I needed to find somebody. I was getting the feeling that the For Crying Out Loud podcast was maybe trying you out as a host. I think it would work out great if you were to host a show that has more a female audience. Lynette is funny and the banter was good, but I am not a parent. So once the show became about kids, I tuned out or fell asleep. So if they're planning on changing up the podcast format, less kids, more Allison. Awesome. And I'd listen faithfully. So this was... Still not before Alison Rosen was a new best friend kind of thing. She was just on for crying out loud kind of with the kind of clear intention that she was prepping to become a host of a show. And she said, thank you so much. Your email means a lot to me. Would it be okay if I read part of it on the show, on the show I'm hosting, not Adams? I don't have to use your name if you prefer. She did call me Martha, so she did not use my name. Uh, Just want to read your part about fuck dating, it's toxic, whatever, which I relate to so much. Wow. I'm updating my uh, contact and my yes, phone. I'm writing stuff down. <laughs> Farm girl to Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So I would prefer Martha to what you have in your phone, honestly. Oh. <laughs> Actually, it only says uh, Megan and it has the glasses nerdy face emoji, but that's it okay. now. I took off the other part because it's, it's too long. That's too long. why. Unlike Ultra Fan, you earned Super Fan. How did that come about? <laughs> how did she did she call you this? Like how did this even happen? She she did. I, unlike Rafi, would never have been like, I'm Super Fan Megan. <laughs> <laughs> so she gave that to me. I don't remember at what point. I think it might have been when so her show was like everything to me for a long time because I had moved to... So the first email I sent her was, like I said, in December 19th of 2011. And I moved to Los Angeles in January of 2012. 
So we're talking about a month after I sent that email, I Whoa. moved to LA and without knowing anybody. And the podcast started around the same time. So like, I love Allison and I move here and I have no fucking friends. I think podcasts are perfect for lonely people. And I was definitely one. And so I clung to it for like all that I could. I really didn't make anyone who I would call a friend versus just like a work acquaintance or like a friend from work until about a year and a half that I moved here. So emotionally, I have, you know, I have a lot invested in this show. And I think I had written in a lot. And for the most, most of the times, I feel like I was just writing in because I needed somebody to talk to. Um, and feeling at the time, like, oh my God, Allison gets so many emails. There's definitely no way she reads most of them. And so I, I sent emails to her more for me just to like get something off my chest from being lonely or feeling this or that way or having her mention something on her show that I resonated with. And then I rate it later occurred to me like years later that like, oh, she probably read those. And like, she's a really compassionate person. And I think if she saw like, I just know that if she saw someone like lonely, like me, who clearly didn't like come off as a threat. Like I, I hope that I don't come off as like, I'm going to hunt you down and like stalk you in your window. <laughs> so she was like, Oh, this is a safe person who's lonely. And like her, sh my show means a lot. So I bet she probably read them when I didn't assume she was reading them. And she just began to know my heart in a lot of ways that I really don't tell people. And then I think it was when it was the new Thursday gang. And they were trying, someone was writing in in an iTunes comment, making reference to something. I forget what specifically, but they were like trying to figure, the comment was basically like, you were about to talk about this, but like you never did. And their reaction was like, I don't know what you're talking about. What didn't, what didn't we talk about? And then so I went back and because I had still, I've been interning at in Woodland Hills at the time, traveling from Tustin, Orange County, to the Valley in Woodland Hills every day. I had a lot of time to listen, and so I'm just like, I'm going to listen back the last, like, three months, every single episode, until I get what they're saying. And so I, like, listened to all of them. I couldn't find anything. And then I just sent them this, like, graph that showed, like, I don't know, like, if he said something here, but, like, maybe something there was said, and blah, 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 blah. And... I think it was that episode when they were like super fan Megan sent this in and it's it's like I sent in something that oh I really want to look this up now I don't know if it'd be interesting to actually see the email but I think from memory and I definitely could be wrong that's the first time that she called me a super fan because I fucking listened to like a hundred hours of back podcasts and was just like so determined to find out what they were talking about and i didn't find out and then a week later this other guy was like this is what you were talking about this episode at this time code and she was like oh so he figured it out <laughs> but there was no just like there was no like credit to him and i felt like an asshole because i'm like there's this whole spiel about me trying to figure it out but the person i was told i wasn't right i was wrong and, and this guy wrote in afterwards what's his name um cafe his... l restanada <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so, Megan, I love taking you down as often as I can. So, 
This is true. See, now I don't want to say it because it sounds like I'm just being a dick. Um, <laughs> so, what's the difference between your between the on podcast life and the off podcast life? Just, just hit me straight, buddy. Well, the thing is, I would say, but I don't know how to phrase this as a question. So I'm going to let it pass for now. And if I can think of a way to bring it up, I will. Sorry. Mm, he's going to let his hatred simmer. Look at him. I guess. <laughs> So you go from, <laughs> so you go to super, you get called super fan, which sticks because, I mean, obviously it's going to stick. That's just going to be something that will probably be repeated. But then you move into sort of working for her, no? Or helping her out with stuff? Not for a long time. Okay. Uh, okay, the first, The first, like, big super fan gesture that I did was when... I made that collage for her after Oliver died. Oh, I didn't realize it was after Oliver died. I knew you made the collage, but I wasn't sure about the timeline. Okay. Yeah, I knew that she... Oliver had just died, and I wanted it ready to give to her at a Flappers show, because there was a live Adam Carolla. I think that was the one with Whitney Cummings at Flappers. And I'm like, okay, like this will make her feel better. It was just like a very detailed thing with all these references that I thought she'd appreciate, but I couldn't get it done in time for flappers. I spent every spare moment on this thing. It was, it took like a lot of work, so it took a while to make. And when I did finish it, I just went, I just went to Corolla studios and dropped it off. But Gary knew me from just corresponding with Allison for so long. So I was like, Gary, can I come and drop this off? And he was like, yes. And then I'm, gave it to Gary and like probably what's their nuts probably Matt was there and Chris Laxamana so they gave me like a little tour of the, the studio and his cars and stuff but I was like super nervous and trying to play it cool so I didn't really take anything in I was just like I thought you were going to say you didn't take anything like put anything in your <laughs> pockets <laughs> like I know that would have been your first instinct <laughs> yeah that's true it's the 8% of me right <laughs> I didn't know, realize that you had went on a tour of the place and that you, I think I remember you saying you went down there. She needs to post pictures of this collage because she was made a call for fan art before. And I think maybe one person sent some out, but she needs to post it on Instagram and be like, this is what I mean by fucking fan art that I want. Oh shit. I just remembered. Okay. So I talked about the Netflix original that was called print the legend and Adam Carolla always talked about King of Kong. He loved the documentary King of Kong. He brought it up like a few times, if not more. And the people that I worked with on Print the Legend made King of Kong. So I reached out to Gary, who connected me with August. And I connected their, you know, the producers of the movie and Clay, the filmmakers, and Lewis. I connected them with august and so they went on his podcast and then i was kind of disappointed because they did not talk about king of kong once like not once i'm just like don't you with all this interest like i don't know if august didn't communicate that they made king of kong they were just like whatever they're on there to talk about this 3d printing movie but i think that was like the first like semi like professional relationship move where I was like, oh, Adam would like to have these guys on because he loves King of Kong and these guys are coming out with a movie on Netflix, so that lines up. 
and I can't remember what for, but I've been to that studio twice. Once to give the collage, but I feel like I was there once before. But I don't think I went there when the King of Kong guys went, so I don't know. I've been there twice, though, for sure. Isn't it weird to look back and think about who you are now and thinking about being a fan of Adam Carolla? Oh, he sent me back so far. I had I was I had such a lot of inf- he had a lot of influence over me because Same. again from moving from Wisconsin where there's a lot of conservative racist opinions, I just kind of had been surrounded by that. Not that I deeply embraced any of those sentiments. I was just like I considered how the way that people talked about different races as normal. Like no one was saying I hate this and that race, right? But they would, you know they definitely said things that are clear to me now are super fucked up and racist. But like, because of that transition out to California, he, and I listened to him every day and he had a lot of racist point of views and stuff and conservative point of views. Like I just trusted him for some reason. He seems like someone that people gravitate to and trust what he's saying for whatever reason. And that he seems to be like oftentimes right. So, yeah, as far as, like, growing into a more woke person, I came out of my Adam bubble shortly afterward being like, wow, this is a breath of fresh air. Like, I see the world completely differently now without him in my ears every day saying all of these abrasive, like, things. It is funny what we just accept as normal behavior and conversations. Like, oh, we take that Okay, that sounds about right. I think it's because he had such common sense with other things that, and just because the world was just like that, like people just talk like that. And that's just what I was raised being you're just a woman and you're just whatever, either you're brown or you're white or whatever it was that I was two of something where it's just like, okay, other people's opinion is what matters, not my own. It was always about like what other people thought. And so he came around and it was just like, you're like, just like you said, like I was just used to that sort of he didn't really talk down to you but he kind of did where it's just like this feels comfortable (laughs) but so when you found out that allison was fired how what was what was that like were you still a big listener at the time definitely i was i i stayed listening for allison because to be honest when i know that you've heard him say that like all things being equal a heterosexual couple would be better than a gay couple to raise a child. I did not hear that. He's said that two or three times. But the the weird I, thing is, is though, if he did say that back then, I probably would just been, it would just be in one ear out the other. Like it wouldn't like resonate in my head, obviously also because it doesn't personally affect me. Maybe I didn't hear it, yeah. but it's just so, such a normal thing to hear that I didn't, wow, well, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I honestly, I, I have a, visual of where I was in Green Bay when I heard that. I was driving to my job at WFRV. There was an intersection where the hospital was on the right and that's when I heard it. And it was a big deal for me. I didn't listen for two weeks. I was like, that is so fucked up. But I'm like, I'm such a big fan of Allison. Like, I have this weird sense of, like, loyalty that should not be expected to, like, listen to somebody who is bashing who you are as a person just to like be faithful to this idol that you have, you know, it sounds kind of fucked up, you know, now that I think back, but at the time I was like, I'm loyal to Allison. I refuse to miss an episode where Allison is on. So like, I'm just going to chill out, 
I'm going to take a breath and I'll go back and listen to it later. And it always just went back to him saying some stupid shit that really offended me. But um, you're talking about the podcast. I think you were talking about the podcast ending and what that was like, like coming out of that dark negative cloud that I just, I just stuck in for Allison. Like, I actually wonder what she thinks of that a lot. You know, if she heard me talking right now is like, you were on a show where someone was saying super homophobic things and I'm in that the LGBT community and it hurt me a lot. You know, I feel the same way about Greg Fitzsimmons a lot of the time. I wrote an email to Greg Fitzsimmons about the stuff that he said about LGBT people. Really? But I just I just can't not listen and I don't know why. Like I, I stopped listening to Childish for like a month and then I went back and listened. I just there's something that compels me to like be super faithful. When Allison would probably just be like, if it hurts you, like, I'm not going to take it personally (laughs) if you don't listen. I don't know if it's just like this weird codependent thing that she would never even know about if I didn't listen. But I just it's hard for me to not listen. With Childish, you get a lot more Allison than you did with Corolla because it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's half and half. But yeah, yeah, it's and I think you know what you're getting with Greg. So maybe it's easier to tune it out a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, it's that's that's a tough one. With the whole the original Thursday gang, I know that that f- started to become like I felt like a family to us. I think like we were just like this is where the show just became something so amazing. And then she got fired, and then it was what a couple episodes, and then it was over. And then the new Thursday gang. I don't know. There were a lot of, before we did. Thank you for being a fans or BYOFs. We asked about like butter sandwiches and all these other things but i don't know if you have any opinions about any of the thursday gang anything yeah butter sandwiches are sandwich thank you i i fondalier what is it skittles like which one is best is that what it was do with you the skittles? i think it's do you eat them one at a time no I, don't know, I can't even remember what that one is i think it's do you eat them one at a time or not is it or by uh, the handful that I, one i don't remember i eat them it uh, both if I'm in the mood to like slow down the experience or if I'm in the mood to emotionally indulge and numb out from my problems of the world or I'm just an addict to sugar I will have handfuls so it's both do you sit and flush or do you get up and then flush get up and then flush like do you that sit- was a thing that was a for one, I think, episode they talked about. I don't think it was if you sit and flush. I thought it was, like, the position that your body is in when you poo-poo. I think... Right? Okay, there's two. There's when you wipe, or you, do you stay seated, or do you stand and wipe? And then there was also right, one... that was it. Okay, oh. and then there was also one that flushed when they were still sitting down. Oh. And that was... That's... that's... What, was the, what was the one that never talked? What was that guy's name? Kalen. Kalen. Mm. I think that was a Kalen. Hmm. I don't remember that, actually. Do you want me to speak to those things? Oh, yeah. Wait, what was the one where you're kind of half standing up? What would you do? Um, You're wiping your wiping? butt. Wiping? Yeah. And you're not standing oh, no. all the way? You're still. You're just sort of getting up and wiping? No, 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 no. I, I would not get up. I don't know anyone. Well, I guess it's not a question. That's so weird. I'm like, I don't know anyone who does this, but it's like, really, do you go on the party and the topic of the conversation is like, do you flush when you're on the toilet? <laughs> so I just think it seems super unreasonable to flush while you're on the toilet. Like you want all the pee pee and poopy water to like spritz back up on your butt. That's stupid. 
Also, I got a bidet, mm. and I recommend it to everybody. That sounds amazing. So do you think that blueberries are blue, or are they purple? Yeah. Okay. No. They can be shades of purple in some areas, but primarily they are a shade of blue, albeit a very dark, possibly heading into purpley color, but they're blue. I can, I, I'm agreeing with all of yours, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I can't think of anything. I do like... I like both the pineapple and the apple. The apple and the pineapple. Both of them. <laughs> In the groceries? <laughs> That's a Rafi thing. Refer to Rafi. It's definitely a Rafi thing. We'll have to do another thank you for being a fan with Rafi and talk about groceries only. Is <laughs> the grocery edition. <laughs> yeah. The topic hasn't been worn out. We still need to see. We I... still need to, you know, uncover everything. <laughs> so we're going to spring... A pop cheese quiz on you right now. Oh, can I pee first? Sure. I think that's going to make you get them all right. Hey, baby. <laughs> I just want to be distracted by these outward elements like my bladder. Hold on. So I'm looking through my photos because I wanted to see what is the day that me and Megan met. Mm. Um, At Bumbershoot? No, I met her in LA. Oh, when you first met me? Taco. No. Oh, 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 right, right, right. That's right. And I'm looking at the Bumbershoot photos now. And this could be a Zoom background of the empty stage that I took. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Well, I'm looking at my all my photos that you would love. Of <laughs> You've already seen these in person, I'm sure. There's the twin oh, waterfall yep, thing. Yep. And I was just thinking, man, it's crazy. We used to, like, travel to places. <laughs> I know. Even just looking at old pictures, like we talked about on the show. The picture of us having mimosas, like at the last show that we were like recording together. It's like, man, that wasn't that long ago, but it feels like forever. Yeah, this because I remember when one day I was with Megan and her girlfriend and uh, with Jess. And I was like, oh, do you want to see the picture of the first time that me and Megan met? And then I showed her and I was just looking at it right now. Like, look how fucking different we are. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was just thinking, I was like, God, I was so much skinnier back then. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta lose some pounds. I don't think you look that much heavier. Oh, I see it. (laughs) I thought of something while I was on the toilet, and it's probably not worth bringing up again. But it just bothered me because I couldn't think of it. There was a, a second reason why I had some sort of professional capacity role in communicating with Gary and why he knew me and let me walk around this garage since I was a stranger. But I offered to record the first PodFest with him and Doug Benson and Greg Proops, and I recorded it, and I edited a video for them, and they never used it. Ah, But he, he had met me in person then. That's and sad. I met Daniel for the first time there. Really? Yeah. So my first time meeting Allison was with you, thanks to you, at, at midnight. midnight. Yes. Wow. And it was the day you before your birthday. It was like June. What's your birthday? It was. It would have been June seventeenth. Yeah, that was like so crazy. And I remember seeing Jordan Morris there. Just, I just saw like hair. I saw like curly hair like walking in the background somewhere, and I'm like, that guy looks kind of familiar. <laughs> But going to meet Allison and Daniel, and you didn't want to sit in the front row, and I'm like, we would have been oh. sitting next to Daniel. <laughs> I know, and then Allison was like, I looked for you guys. I was like, fuck, she's like mad at me because I didn't <laughs> sit in the front row or something. I'll just, 
I'll pay her back by taking all the fruit in her room. <laughs> I'm not a normal person. I I, I think that's a normal I, fan I, thing to do. Like my Twin Peaks fandom has been like, and Allison too. I mean, we have a whole fucking show based around her, <laughs> which is funny because like I never would have thought of doing this, but the- yeah, but I think you did it in a way where there's no shame attached, and I just had unashamedly. <laughs> been like is this your apple is this your bag of chips i'll take it please sign the apple literally not thinking this apple will die i was just yes the apple and then i was like looking in the preservation of the apple and it all seemed like too much work and i was it really did not occur that it was going to be temporary but food is a man not a not all, everything's temporary so there you go i definitely brainstormed how you can keep that forever and really? I, yeah, because I was like, but this needs to be saved somehow. And I think I would have known now just to put it in epoxy. But so w- did it break your heart to have to throw it away? <laughs> I true. I mean, you know, I have I've kind of explored Buddhist in a philosophy and religious kind of way. And I was very Buddhist about it. I was like, it's going away. But it's so cool that it existed. It was in your life for the time being. And now it's on to its next life. And doesn't mean Allison's leaving your life. Yeah. I had a picture of it, so I'm like, I know what happened. That's oh, fine. yeah. That was such a fun night. What a weird, fun night that was. And then we chatted at that bar. Yes. And that's when we talked about my story, and you're like, you should mm-hmm. hang out with Phil. And I'm like, <laughs> dang, you fucking traumatized. You're like, you, you should probably to, call uh, Paul, Paul Martin. <laughs> and I was like, well, that would be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool, man. All right, so we're going to hit you with a pop cheese quiz. Are you ready for this? I am not. <laughs> All right, Megan. This is from Beano.com, and as far as I can tell, they are not associated with the gas pill Beano company. Oh. Question number one. How many pounds of milk does it take to make a pound of cheese? Options are three, five, Eight and a half or ten? Three. I'll say, Lisa, I'll say eight and a half. I'm going to go ahead and play because that half really made me think. Why would they throw a half in there? Wait, no, time out. <laughs> She's only made of milk that did something, right? You separate the curds in the way, no? Mm, can I change my answer or no? <laughs> I think sure. it's five. I think it's five. I don't think it gives you the answer until the end. Oh, so we're going to find okay, out. Okay. Um, this website is not good. Wait, I'm going to make note of my answer. Well, the, two, oh, the one minute also, that it took me to find this quiz. <laughs> I'm also logging everyone's answers. Okay. Question number two. Rockfort and Camembert. My favorite cheese to say. Cheese is banned in certain parts of the USA. True or false? Whoa. I would say false, but I feel like there's a reason why you would ask. Right. But, I mean, some cheeses are banned because they're unpasteurized. Uh So are these cheeses unpasteurized? I don't think they are. is like a blue cheese and camembert is like brie. So I don't know why they would... Okay, that's false then. (laughs) I put true. (laughs) (laughs) If they're not unpasteurized, they wouldn't be illegal. So I'd say... I say, are they banned? They are not banned. False. Alrighty. Question number three. In which 
century did people begin to start dyeing cheese orange to fool people into thinking it was a better quality? The 16th century, 17th, 18th, or that's not true. Can't believe that's an option. <laughs> I always get confused about centuries because I know it's like, like the 19th century isn't the 1900s. It's the 1800s. Right. Yeah. It's so... very confusing. Give me the give me the options one more time. Sixteenth century, seventeenth, eighteenth, or that's not true. Has an exclamation point, so I have to read it like that. I think it's got to be the eighteen eighteenth century, which would have been the seventeen hundreds. So I put seventeenth just because I like the number seventeen, even <laughs> though it's the sixteen hundreds or whatever. Solid. Or is it the other way? Because <laughs> I get no, confused as well. Oh yeah. Wait, you said 18th century, right? Oh, dear God, Megan. I <laughs> yeah. said 17th. There's 16, 17, 18, or not true. Right, 18, yes. That's what you picked. <laughs> How many different cheeses are made in France? 50, 200, 700, or around 1,000? It's definitely either 700 or around 1,000. How many different cheeses? That wasn't a motorcycle. That was my stomach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'll just say a thousand. Why not? I also said around a thousand. Number five. Cheddar cheese is made in which British county? Somerset, Devon, East Sussex, or Northumberland? Hmm. I think I know this, but... Uh, Somerset? I'm picking Devon only because when I worked at a bakery, there was this bread that had cheese in it, and it was called Devonshire. This guy would always come in, let me get some of the Devonshire cheese, please. Mm. But I don't know if that makes any difference. Well, I said Somerset, but it's because I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. But I'm realizing that uh, Jess and I watched the movie Seven last night, and Somerset is one of the main character's last names. Is he made Mm. out of cheddar cheese? Not anything that i could see like based on appearance okay i didn't see the insides of him so his cheese might have been hidden perhaps maybe maybe that's what was in the box (laughs) number six (laughs) (laughs) question number six which type of cheese was used as a cannonball during a battle in 1841 what parmesan mozzarella Brie or Edam? Hmm. Edam. I don't know what Edam is, so that's a possibility. It's a Swiss is that going to be Parmesan or it's a Swiss? I think. No. Edam. Edam. I don't know. I think it's Edam. Edam. I refuse to Google it, so if it's right, it's just based on the fact that I don't think it's like Swiss. I, don't know what it is. I think I'm getting it wrong. Parmesan's the hardest cheese, so I'm gonna have to say Parmesan. Parmesan sounds like the most sound. But which war is this? What is the thing? A battle in 1841. Hmm. Okay. That would be the 19th century? I guess I'll just say mozzarella just to be different. (laughs) Parmesan sounds like the right, like, what you would should use. It could hurt you, but mozzarella, if I had a big mozzarella ball land on me, I could suffocate or, like, be stuck for a long time. That'd be a really nice way to go. Yeah. All right, let me see. Question number seven. On average, how many pounds of cheese does each American adult eat every year? Five, 
33, 44, or 48? 48. That's how much I eat. Is that Megan or everyday Americans? I'm just going with 48, baby. I definitely at least eat 48 pounds. I eat cheese every day. There's so many things that I don't eat if there's not cheese on them. I won't make no eggs without cheese. I'm not going to eat a sandwich if it don't got cheese. Whoa. I'm eating a lot of cheese. I'll say 33. I don't eat that much cheese, but when I do, I go big. I think Lisa's right. probably right, but I still am saying 48. Number eight. Mice love to eat cheese. True or false? False. I'm saying false, too, because... Because of the rat traps that I've set, none of it says put cheese on there. It's just put peanut butter on there. Peanut butter. Peanut so butter, yes. I think they'll just eat anything. So not necessarily cheese. I say false. Question number nine. How many pounds of cheese does the average Greek adult eat every year? Megan, are you Greek? Un- <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm. Under 10 pounds, 24 pounds, 39.2 or 68.4. I don't know Greek food that well. The only Greek food I can think of is gyros. And that only has feta bits. It's not a lot of cheese. But they eat lots of feta. Lots of feta. But I don't know what much other cheese that they eat. What's the second to last answer? What's all of the answers again? <laughs> the answers are under 10 pounds, 24 pounds, 39.2 or 68.4. Hmm. I'm saying 24 because I'm extrapolating from my very few experiences with this culinary, this country's culinary, like, fucking habits. I think it's 24 because if I'm just eating feta, just little bits of feta here and there, I bet it's only going to be 24 pounds. It's going to be a lot of cheese, but when you add it all up, not as much because you're not eating big balls of feta. Big balls of feta. Yeah, I was going to put the 39 because it was such a weird number. But then I looked at my answer for America, and I think they eat less cheese than we do. So I'm, I'm going 24 yeah. as well. Even though We're they do feta. Fun. And, and I, know, I know Lebanon's not in Greece, but <laughs> their food is very similar. And they have feta in everything. And they have this other kefir cheese that they make. But still, not as much as America. We put cheese on motherfucker. We put cheese on cheese on cheese. Yeah, we're disgusting. No one's more disgusting than us. No, and we love it. All right, question number 10 of 10. What are the holes in Swiss cheese called? Holes, eyes, gaps, or windows? Hmm. 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 I'll say the eyes. It just sounds like something that someone naming something would name it. Yeah, I think that was the first thing I thought, but I'm just going to say gaps just to change it up all right so did you take uh, the quiz at all rafi or are you just taking i did you did okay so we're gonna start with megan's this website is terrible probably (laughs) because it's meant for one person to take it so for question number one megan said ten five sorry you said no you said uh, five i said three and then changed it to five yeah uh the correct answer is ten oh So none of us got it right. Question number two is... Ten ten gallons for a pound? Ten pounds of milk for ten... Or sorry, for a pound of cheese. Wow. Oh, no. I don't like knowing that. (laughs) That's awful. Uh, Number two. 
Megan said false. Me and Lisa said true. And me and Lisa were correct. Mm-hmm. What was the question? The Rockford and Camembert being banned. Ah. Ah. Uh, number three about what century? Wait, Megan's... why? Does it say why? No. Cool. Really I'm guessing it's... We, we've all learned something, man. We'll yeah, all go learn some more when we Google it. <laughs> Bino.com is not your uh, trusted cheese fact site. Mm-hmm. Number three, about which century they started dying cheese. Megan said the 18th century. Me and Lisa got it correct. It was the 17th century. Uh, question four. I'm many... humiliated. <laughs> I'm being humiliated. I saw your final score, and don't worry, it gets better. <laughs> Number four. That's what they tell many... us. How many different cheeses are made in France? We all got it right. Around a thousand. Mm. Yeah. Uh, number five was which county in Britain, and it was Somerset. So me and Lee and me and Megan were Whoa. correct. Lisa was not. Thanks to seven. <laughs> uh, which <laughs> cheese was used as a cannonball? I said, I think I said Edam, and the correct answer was Edam. Whoa. So Lisa and Megan got it wrong. Number seven: How many pounds does an American eat? The correct answer is 33, not 48. Step it up, America. <laughs> Mice love to eat cheese. The answer was false. We all got that one. How many do Greeks eat? 68.4 pounds. We all got that wrong. Whoa. I wow. thought it was under 10 because I was like, they're very svelte people. In question 10 of 10, what are the holes called? Me and Megan got it right. It was eyes. Cool. So Megan got four. Oh, uh, what an I embarrassment. Why would you humiliate you, You've publicly humiliated me. How does that feel? I you am like an that? honorary You're Wisconsinite. I know she's better. I got five out of ten. Little Rocky, oh. how many did you get? I think I got like six or seven. Oh. Um, I, I guess I should stop celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't want to. This is awful. Know. But I I needed to be known that I have cheese curds, two bags of orange dyed cheese curds in my um, fridge right now. I have like string cheese, actual strings where they're like very stringy. And I have the string cheese that's in like the traditional string way, which is like just kind of a log of it. And I got a Colby and I got little sausages and I got a pretzel bag and I got some special kind of mustard that I forget what it was. And other cheeses. Oh my gosh. So I know how to eat I know how to eat cheese probably better Somebody than most y'all. Loves you. Yeah, that's true. You do eat cheese better than most. <laughs> I got your mom sent me those string string cheese and the strings. Mm-hmm. And then the regular the white cheese okay. curds. Okay. That's and, the same thing she got me. Oh my gosh. They were so fucking good. Very salty, but so good. And better if you let them sit out for a little while. Because I would always yes. grab them out of the fridge and eat them. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Then you let them sit out for a little bit. I'm like, oh, shoot. This is where okay, it's at. thank you. Yeah. So I have never forgot when I brought Allison back cheese curds and I dropped them off and she had a snack chat with the cheese curds. Allison said, now Megan recommends just like, since they're straight out of the fridge, recommends just like nuking them in the microwave for like 10 seconds just to get that little bit of like room temperature back to it. And Jeff is to like squeak because when it's moister it will squeak and jeff is like well i would think the opposite i would think that like 
blah, 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 because when they're refrigerated, they would blah, blah, blah. And I felt so offended. I'm like, who do you think would know? Who do you think would know this? So you just proved my point. Yes, you need to, they need to be room temperature. And that's when they're perfect and squeakier and have more moisture and they're better. Yeah. And they're saltier. They have more flavor. They're just, they're amazing. And somebody, Mm -hmm. I don't know if she read those as a carb at any time. It was just the snack chat because somebody sent those in this past week. And I'm like, look who's late. Look who's late to the cheese curd game. I'm like, oh, never mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's because I got my cheese curds, obviously. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> they, were on, they were on the mind. <laughs> no, it's good to put them on there because I don't think she's read it as a carb. Plus, I would think she would say they're a protein, not a carb. Mm. She, she, she gets, she, she like, she does that sometimes where she's a little bit, that's not actually a carb, it's a protein kind of thing. Yeah, but would she eat it? To me, if she doesn't eat it, it should be considered a carb. <laughs> That's true. I mean, let's be honest. Her yeah. eating habits are very sad. I think that might be a good place to end it. Unless you have any other Allison things you want to talk about. Anything that's just trying to come out of your brain. Let me think. Although we talked to you enough that you could always come back and be like, by the way, I need to amend this thing. <laughs> I just remember the first time I met both of you. Oh, Ruffy was just met, fucking talking about it when you went to go pee. <laughs> I, well, I met you first, obviously, via JMO Patrol when I didn't see you first. Right. I don't remember if the, is the first time I met you in person at midnight or have I no, met you before then? No, it was in San Diego. I think the first time you were, right? was it San Diego or was it at San my Diego. house when we San... recorded in the closet? <laughs> oh, closet. Yeah. Closet was it, was yep. that the first time? I think it was. Yep. It was. And then San Diego, or was it San Diego? No, I don't think. So. I don't. I don't know. It was so close together, but it, it was closet then San Diego. I'm glad you remember that because I I didn't remember. I forget about the closet sometimes because <laughs> I'm so far out of it. Am I right? <laughs> and then the, here I am dragging you right back into the closet. I know. <laughs> so homophobic of you, but I do remember just my first impressions of you which is like oh this like quiet lady like she's so shy and now look at you i know jack off motions all the time and like oh my goodness (laughs) an episode isn't an episode unless there's five sexual innuendos yeah or snorts or what's that snagglepuss have you heard of that (laughs) character what no I laugh like Snagglepuss. Um, so when you first met little Rafi, when was this? He might probably be better with the date, but it was at Pink Taco in Hollywood proper. And it was probably in 2015. You are correct. It was August 25th, 2015 at okay. the Pink Taco. And it was quite the interesting uh, event. My bangs were horrendous. I go back to the first picture of us, and I'm like, what the let's, fuck was I doing cutting my own bangs? see that picture again, little Rafi. Oh, you mean, um... No. Uh-huh. Uh, where did it go? That's why I turned off my virtual background, Megan, because I'm going to show you guys two pictures. Oh, fuck. Where? It's it. Oh, yeah. Here's Nombre <clears throat> Uno. Oh. <laughs> Look oh, at you no. guys. Young pups. Yeah. Do you see those bangs, Lisa? <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. But looking back at that night, hold on, keep it there. You made such a good impression. You know, I could just and I've only I've just only been disappointed from there. <laughs> I liked Rafi immediately. He's a very likable fellow. 
And he's just I, so interested in you. Like, R- Rafi pretends that he's all, like, I hate everyone, nobody matters. But, mm-hmm. like, he takes great interest mm-hmm. and curiosity in a person. He, for, like, the first three years of our friendship, would keep a notes app as oh. to what questions he wants to ask me so he's prepared for when we talk. I still, I still have that in my notes because I don't delete my notes. And I was just looking at it and because I wanted to remember print the legend, what it was called. But there's that picture. And I remember when I met you, I was like embarrassed to ask the bartender lady to take our picture. But I was like, we kind of have to like for Allison or whatever. But I was like, like, this is weird that I just met a stranger from the Internet. And I'm like, hey, take our picture. Like, like, I don't know, like I was on a field trip or some shit. And this is the first time that I met Elisa, which it was November the 2nd of 2015 i'm assuming yeah november the 2nd 2015 i remember this day as well oh my god <laughs> oh yeah that was at greg's i don't see the um, roach behind me <laughs> that was at greg's fish restaurant yeah the yeah. what cat something cat and there was a roach by you yeah i mean it may have came in with me <laughs> 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 that, that's so funny what was it called the hungry cat the hungry yeah. cat yes yeah good memory so and we were, remember us like explaining to the the guy that worked there. So this podcast we could listen to, and he was just like, "Okay, okay, guys, whatever." Yeah, yeah, I remember walking back to the parking lot with you guys, and you were making a lot of parking lot Seinfeld references. <laughs> Already, like, wow. Wow. I was like, "Wow, are these guys close?" I don't think I'm gonna like. I, I, I don't recall think, that I think at you, all. I think he's good. Yes. Well, you were in a parking lot structure, finding oh, your yeah. your um your uh, you had, convertible. You had, brought the, you had brought the convertible. So can can you imagine if if you were in a parking lot like that that you wouldn't make those references? No, that sounds like us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure probably Lisa started it, and I was like, oh, a kindred spirit. <laughs> I looked over and you're carrying a box with a uh, with an air conditioner, and I was carrying a bag of goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Would that would have would that have been the time where you both realized that you liked Seinfeld? That's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. You know what? No, because we did thank you or BYOF before that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm certain Seinfeld came up during that. It must yeah. have. I need to go back and listen to that. I, I need to find that as well because I want to get the clip of you saying that I look like a beautiful statue. <laughs> We need to find that picture, too. Your picture that you used to use. Oh, I have that one. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, If, you know, whenever I'm feeling down, I can just play the clip of you calling me a beautiful statue and uh, (laughs) perk right up. (laughs) Oh, schmoopy. (laughs) Rafi, can I ask you, is the first time that I saw you at Bumbershoot or was it at the Pink Taco? It was at the Pink Taco because Bumbershoot, okay. of course, was in September. You invited me. You don't remember this, apparently. We were eating at the Pink Taco, and you were like, oh, man, I'm going to tell Allison. Like, she, Oh, no, because you were like, are you going to Bumbershoot? And I was like, I was thinking about it, but like, I'm not sure. And you're like, oh, you have to go. I'm going to tell Allison you're going. And I was like, uh, Megan, she's going to be like, who the fuck is that, and why do I care if he's coming? And you're like, no, she's going to love it. And then... You were like really gassing me up, and then I was like, "Well, I guess I have to go now." She's gonna tell this lady that I'm gonna be there, and I don't want to be some asshole not going. And I was like, "I got nothing else going on, so uh, yeah, I'll skip work and go there." 
And that starts a whole streak of you going to every single Allison thing ever. So thank you to oh, me yep. for everything. Little did you know yes. you were just gaslighting her. <laughs> he was, yes. She was just gaslighting you. We hung out with Victoria at the Airbnb, and that's when you got your really bad review. That is because... my favorite thing ever. That hang afterwards. Yeah. And just the stupid review that lady wrote. It was so funny. Wait, wait, wait. Take it back because I remember you guys recorded a little drunken episode. I remember yeah. Brienne being like about it. What was this review situation? Okay, I feel like we've told this story many times, but it's I'm sure most people. Have well, heard and then it, we can but... tell the um, what's his name, Ron Jeremy <laughs> story after. Oh God, I think we're good. <laughs> okay, so... we'll leave people titillated on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I went to Seattle. And I got an Airbnb, and that was my first time ever using Airbnb or even hearing of it. And it was a house, I don't know what city it was in, but it was a house that had several bedrooms. And, you know, it was like the keys under this thing, and then just, you know, call me when you're here. But the person who was doing the Airbnb was in France. So they were just texting me like, okay, cool, have a good time. And my room was upstairs. Someone else was Airbnb-ing, Airbnb-ing there as well. And then I didn't even know that there was a bedroom in the first floor that someone was in, but someone who lived in the house regularly. So I ran into the person who was also airbnb and they were like, oh yeah, man, it's cool. Like, do whatever you do. Like, just, you know, the house is yours, whatever. Like, do whatever. I didn't know they were like an Airbnb guest, though. So I really was not even in the house very often, like at all, just to sleep. So one day after Bumbershoot, I invite Megan and... Oh. Wow. Uh, Megan oh, did you hear that? Yeah, that's what oh, we're supposed to do. Oh, I thought I put it on mute. I'm sorry. I thought I put it on mute. Cheese burps. So Megan and Victoria come over. We, we had a couple of beers at Bumbershoot, and then... We got a six pack of like craft beer and we decided to record a little thing for the podcast. It was only like an hour and a half, maybe, maybe slightly longer, but we each had two beers. And because I like being neat, I put all the empty beers back in the little six pack container. But with it being Seattle, I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to recycle these. Like, I don't know this person's house and it's dark. So I'm going to leave them all in the six pack container, the empty bottles on the table. And then right when Megan and Victoria were about to leave, like this person comes out and is like, it's like whatever time at night and you're not supposed to have guests here. And I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm sorry, but they're leaving. And that was that. And then I check out. Everything is fine. And then like five days later, I get like uh, an email or something saying that I got a bad. Oh, no, no. That's what it was. I go to leave my rating for the Airbnb host. And that's when I see, I was like, five stars, uh, nice house, yada, yada, would stay again. And then I see the rating they gave me. <laughs> and it was a three-page <gasps> tirade about how we had a drunken party with alcohol. and drunken how party. You, me, and Victoria. It was insane. With and six beers. Of, and because of us being there, the person who's in France, Airbnb being this house, is getting thrown out and i was like how are you getting thrown out like if you're hosting an airbnb this should be your house right like how Mm. are you getting thrown out Mm. so 
I don't know if they were lying to like get money from Airbnb or what, but I'm sure they were. I'm sure was... they were like, I need to make money. I'm not going to be here. I know Airbnb's a thing. I'm just going to do this. And they didn't ask their landlord. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, they were doing it without telling the landlord. Like that's not their house. They were just like, oh, I'm wow. renting. Like I'm renting this place. So they rented out a house that they're renting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't think I've yeah. ever heard that story before. It was a long time ago, but we, I think, recorded it when you were visiting for something, Rafi. We recorded it together. Yeah, we were on your, when you were living in Hollywood, on we the recorded, futon. we read the, we read the review and <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have any concept of Airbnb at the time. So I would have, if now, obviously, I, I understand that like sometimes people are co-existing in the house with you and like you owe something to them but i did not have the concept like man if this guy's spending money to be here like it's like a hotel like it's fucking ours to be in and we weren't having a party we were we were three people sharing a six-pack and making jokes and talking i I do feel bad if i if i knew more about airbnb at the time it obviously I would have just been like, man, let's go outside or let's go to a bar or I don't know what. But I just I had no idea that like paying somebody money to be in their house meant you couldn't just do what you wanted to do. Right. Yeah. The, just the thing that bothered me the most is that there was only three people in the house. It would be I'm not counting Megan and Victoria. I'm, I'm saying the people staying there. It was the dude upstairs who was an Airbnb guest and told me do whatever you want, which obviously he would say that. The person downstairs, who I did not know existed until they came out and told me, you can't have guests here, two hours after they were here. Like, uh, where were you for the past two days? Because this is the first time seeing this person. And I was just, like, shocked at that. But, yeah, don't, after two hours, come out and be like, hey, you can't have people here. It's like, you mm-hmm. just come out of a coma, lady? What are you doing? <laughs> and we were just about to leave. Like, I remember that basically by the time he said it, it was like, well, we're going anyways. Yeah. So the whole time we were there, he did not give you any discretionary warning. Yeah, we finished our two beers. We're leaving now. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's a nice place to end it on a recap of you, of you two meeting, of Rafi and I meeting, of Megan and I meeting, because that's what this is all about. This is the Allison family. It's pretty special, and I feel pretty honored to be a part of it. And I think like you guys are really a huge part of it going and staying and being something i disagree rafi carries much of that burden i just pop in when i feel (laughs) super quarantined and ask lisa if i can please talk to somebody (laughs) which Uh, has been happening lately anytime if you at home listening first of all take the cheese quiz because i'd like to know how well you did if did you do better than cheese extraordinaire super fan of cheese megan (laughs) I'm sure you did. <laughs> but can you eat it better than me? That's mm, the real question. Mm, what, well, do you pair, what do you pair with a sheep? What do you what do you pair with a sheep? What do you do mm, you get glazed pecans? Mm. Do you invest in honeycomb? It's very expensive, but it's worth it. What is your uh, cheese board game? Lisa gave me one. I have three cheese boards. So that I'm just saying, there's more to it than knowing how many pounds of cheese the Greeks eat. But I I bow toward the masters. You are the cheesiest cheese, cheesy people that ever cheese. <laughs> I think Rafi is c- uh, crowned the cheesiest. <laughs> I agree. And I preemptively. The least t- cheese of all of us. 
Uh, if you at home not only can take the quiz, but if you want to be part of this show and you want to be interviewed, interrogated, put on the spot, have an episode just to yourself, email bfancast at gmail.com or, you know, text me or whatever. <laughs> and I'll make it happen. A uh, little. Little. Oh my God. I need another drink. It's too hot in here. Megan, super fan. Where can we find you? You can find me at 11. Excuse me. I did that out. I hate to give you an edit. No, don't. I don't care. No, don't kill me. I'll leave some of it in. I'll leave the cum part in. You can find me in my house. And you can find me... Where should people find me? Follow Feeny the Weenie on Instagram. At Feeny the Weenie. That's a good follow. He's a good yeah, little pup. He's our, he's our precious little boy. Little Rafi, do you want to be followed anywhere? You can follow me at Zanera Park, and you can follow my Finsta at Feeny the Weenie with dots in between. <laughs> I thought you were going to say with dots in betweeny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that's a really long Instagram name. <laughs> All right, BFFs, thank you all for being a fan of Allison.
Under the freeway overpass The tears behind your dark sunglasses The fears inside your heart's deepest gas Walk beside me Super fan Megan. 